Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Well, basically, we'll give you the story later on this hour. Gavin Newsom tells the truckers who have been protesting against Assembly Bill 5, that's the one that wants to turn them into employees and take away their independence. He basically tells them to drop dead. We'll bring you the story. Yeah, he did. Drop dead. <laughs> Drop dead. That's a quote. Well, not exactly. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. They have been tying up the Port of Oakland for some time now. So uh, we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit this hour on the John and Ken Show. Uh, next Friday, July 29th, based on the current numbers, which are ridiculous, described as the elevated transmission level of the coronavirus and rising hospitalization numbers, all bogus. This is nowhere near where we were in 2020 and 21, and we have to take a new approach to it. But instead, we have a county health director by the name of Barbara Ferrer. We do not call her doctor. She is not a doctor who wants to reimpose the indoor mask mandate. And it'll be uh, in effect next Friday, July 29th. We're going to talk now with Tracy Hernandez. She's the founding CEO of the Los Angeles County Business Federation, and they are lobbying heavily against this move by Ferrer for obvious reasons. And let's get Tracy on. Tracy Hernandez, welcome to the John and Ken Show. Thanks. It's good to be here. Happy Friday. Uh, well, tell us uh, the position of your organization. The position is of over... 400,000 business owners, large and small, every sector, is that we don't have to choose this false narrative between lives and livelihoods, that um, we don't, we can move forward. We're two and a half years into fighting COVID, and we don't need another mask mandate. We're calling for, rather, 
a mask advisory. We're fine with alerting people, alerting the public, alerting business owners, employees, that we need to increase our safety precautions. And people know how to use masks and how to do safe distancing and how to moderate their behavior accordingly, make choices. But to institute, have L.A. County be the only county to institute a mandate back to the beginning before we had vaccinations and we had boosters and we had medicine to fight and we had competent um, personal protective equipment and all of that. There's no need to go back to mandating. The public's not ready for it. And to put, you know, employees that are working on the front line to be enforcers and, and be sort of this radical, extreme move back to the mandate is not needed. We have a lot of like, base immunity because of all the all the uh, vaccines and boosters that you talked about. And also a lot of people got COVID. And it, it's very hard to get this weakened strain and end up in the hospital. I mean, we even had two prominent doctors at USC Medical Center say that. They've had virtually nobody in the ICU for months. Uh, I, I mean, that, that, that is all science. I mean, the vaccines really did something. The, the immunity you get from getting the infection does something. There's Paxlovid now, for example, which works 90% of the time in stopping your symptoms. It seems that this moment is is as far away from a panic measure like mandatory masking as you possibly can get. I'd agree with you uh, completely. And actually, as you're talking about the science and the facts and the figures, let's remind everyone that um, right now, you know, as of yesterday, those that are hospitalized in L.A. County that have COVID are 7 percent of all hospitals population and the um, it's reported also with facts that most of that 7% are there for other reasons and happen to test COVID, you know, positive for COVID. Yeah. So it's, it's not at alarming levels, as you mentioned. But also, I just want to make the point to the, the business owners, we're all about, you know, safety. We want our employees to be, you know, safe and healthy. We want our customers to feel safe and stay healthy um, and our communities to thrive. So, you know, we're definitely about solutions, but to, as you mentioned, to be so disruptive and to have only L.A. County do this mask mandate when it's not necessary, we've, we're, we have shifted into living in endemic situations, not pandemic. We're going to live constantly with COVID and its various variations, but as we talked about, we now have the tools and ability to deal with it, uh, just like many other diseases and viruses that have come along. So there's no need for this. And so what we're doing is we're, we're encouraging everyone to speak up, make your voice known, let the five county supervisors know, let the health director know, um, because she still has time to make a different decision before the 29th. And if that decision is implemented on the 29th and the health director says, yes, we're going to do a mandate, it's also not done there. The following Tuesday, August 2nd, the Board of Supervisors meet, and they do have the authority to change, moderate, or remove that order. So we all just need to uh, use our voice and our common sense and speak up and say, let, we're, we're saying let's alarm people. There is an advisory out. Let's, be, let's up our game in protecting people and our customers and each other. But Let's do that collectively with an advisory. Uh, let's not do a mandate and cause a lot of 
havoc um, among people dealing with each other, as well as the Im- economic impact. Well, I can't imagine. Have. I can tell that many business owners or, or uh, employees want to deal with customers who are going to be really resistant to this. They don't, and everyone's so far beyond it. And can you imagine? I mean, L.A. County's surrounded, you know, by five other counties, and people are moving and people are flying in and out of L.A. from all different places, none of which have a mask mandate. And all of a sudden they're here for a couple of hours, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, or, you know, they're driving in and they get faced with this surprise. Um, it's just it's not necessary. And it's um, there's another way forward. So are you are you surprised that no pu- are you surprised no public officials have stood up to voice the same opinion that you are? Well, we're trying to give them some help and uh, wind in their sails to do the right thing. That's why we yeah, have I mean, a lot of people. But, but, I, know, but, but there's one member of the board of supervisors, Catherine Barger, who might, you know, but what go is, along with a lot of what you're saying, which is common sense. Is but going, I don't think the rest are going to move on Barbara Ferrer. I just I, can't believe it. I would think most of the public doesn't want to deal with this anymore. And we don't have a single public representative that shares that view. Nobody. So that's why you guys are here and why you help, right? Because <laughs> yeah. public representatives represent the public, so the public needs to speak up, and more people need to join us. We're, we're talking today. People need to talk tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. You know, there's days ahead of us before any decision gets implemented. And then even if it does, remember, it can be changed a couple of days later. So people need to not settle for um, this choice. And, it, you know, it's we want to have, re, keep choice with people and let them have their own choice. Um, and, and also, again, what we just want to reiterate is that we're, we've, we're shifted to an endemic. And that means living with it long term, you know, and we have to continue to just utilize all the tools that are available to us in science and medicine and best practices and personal protective equipment and so on. And we're able to do that. And we know how to do it. Every other county and state has agreed to that. In fact, I'll tell you, we're only aware of two places that tried to institute a mandate recently, and both of them quickly unwound them. Yeah, Alameda County was one of them, them, right? Yeah, Philadelphia, too. And Philadelphia. Right. Right. And why did they they... quickly unwound them? Is it because of public uh, blowback? What was the reason for that? Yeah, public blowback and then also the numbers and the same numbers we see, right? You know, there's a different, the numbers are actually, um, there's a difference in infection rate and cases and, and our numbers are going down. And what happens is they cross, the, you know, they can come up and then they cross the line, um, they come back down. Really yeah, quick. and, and Dr. Jeffrey Klausner, okay. we had on a couple of days ago and he, the clip was just on the newscast. Uh, and he's affiliated with USC, and he said they are counting people who are admitted to the hospital for some other medical issue. They happen to test positive for COVID, but COVID is not the reason for the hospitalization. But they're counting that. And saying, oh, the numbers are rising. And, and I mean, that is just malpractice there on the part of Barbara Ferrer. That is not the way you analyze the statistics. It's pretty basic. And it's good you're shedding light on that. People need to pay attention and speak up. Well, well, Tracy, you let us know if you need anything more uh, discussed here, and we will. We still uh, got a week left. Okay. All right. Yeah. Appreciate Uh, your good work. All right. uh, Take care. Hi, Tracy Hernandez is the founding CEO of the Los Angeles County Business Federation, known as BizFed, 
And they have put out the word that L.A. County should not, they should abandon plans to bring back the indoor mask mandate of Barbara Ferreira's, who again was at the All-Star game without a mask right there in the middle of a crowd waving. Why does she take such risks? Because she doesn't believe in it. She's another one who doesn't really care. It's her power. She's power mad. She she right. mis she misrepresents the basic statistics of the hospitalizations. She must be doing this on purpose. Because Next hour, we're going to talk to the leader of a group that's threatening a, a lawsuit against the county, and this deals with the students and the schools and indoor masking. We got more coming up, including that uh, word, the keyword for a possible thousand dollars. John and Ken show KFI. Well, the trucker protests at the Port of Oakland continue. In fact, we are now getting word that some shipping companies are avoiding the port. They will not go there. The port has established free speech zones, which uh, are, I guess, they're designed to try to let business be conducted as normal. But, of course, all of this is about Assembly Bill 5. That's the bill that has destroyed the independent freelance worker in the state of California. There were carve-outs for certain people doing certain jobs, but not for the independent truckers. <clears throat> 70,000 of them say, we don't want to go to work for somebody else. We make our own hours. We rule our own lives. We independently haul goods for companies that we contract with. Don't take that away. So it is having an effect. Uh, they did a protest last week, as you know, the port of L.A., and they went up to downtown L.A. through the 110 and slowed up traffic. But... This one at the Oakland port looks big. In fact, the longshoremen are honoring the protests. They're not doing much work either. Uh, no, they're not crossing because, uh, the picket line. Right. 450 international longshore and warehouse union workers have been dispatched to the terminals, but they've been unable to work because of the trucker protests. So this is an even bigger supply chain issue. Related to this... Governor Dippity Do finally said something, and it's basically to give them the finger. All right, he didn't say that either. <laughs> Do you think Newsom relates at all to truck drivers? Uh, that would be a long shot. Can you see him driving hundreds of miles every day, lifting uh, heavy uh, containers? Well, he came down here and painted graffiti over, remember? <laughs> oh, He picked yeah. up garbage. Yeah, I remember. Remember, he loves to tell people the story when he came to the train tracks. Remember, they, they ripped off the trains with the cargo. It was all the litter all over the tracks. He came down there and he helped clean up some of the waste. Yeah, but I mean, imagine every day, 12, 14 hours a day, driving thousands of, thousands of miles, having to lift all this heavy cargo, sleeping in your truck cab, eating roadside food. Imagine that little Gavin, who's always been so prim and proper. And, and coddled and pampered. His words this week, the truckers should focus on supporting the transition to the new employment law. Basically acting like this is settled. The, AB5 was enacted in 2019, but of course it got caught up in the courts the, for a it, while, which is why it's not taking effect till around now. It's not settled. There was no call for this. This is a corrupt law. That's yeah, it's a, an effort to unionize. The Teamsters Union... They want to take off. the independent truckers, make them be employees, and unionize them. That's right. And they paid off Lorena Gonzalez. They paid off the California legislature in Newsom with big uh, campaign contributions and God knows what else. And then, and then Gonzalez, after passing this bill, all of a sudden she quits to become a union leader. 
And that was the real payoff. She got a big union job after delivering the good. This is corruption is what it is. And the truck drivers should be protesting this. This is dirty and it's wrong. And the only reason it exists is because the the, uh, the, Teamsters Union bent over all the legislators. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters is trying to organize the drivers. They say that they've been misclassified as independent contractors and they're being deprived of fair wages and benefits. But let me ask you this. They voted overwhelmingly, this group of 70,000 independent truckers, that they don't want to be employees. So if they're really being deprived of wages and benefits, don't you think they'd really favor this? Because it's a lie. It's a talking point. It's, it's, It's corruption. They wanted to force these people into being employees so the unions can get the union dues. The other it's, choice they have is to become employers, which means they now, have to go get permits and insurance. And they said that's costly and bureaucratic. And, and they know that's not a real choice. The union and Lorena Gonzalez and all these other crooks know that that's not a real choice. Again, it's a talking point to confuse the media. They, the, the union leaders wanted the dues money. It's millions and millions of dollars. Unions are traditionally hopelessly corrupt. And they get to be corrupt because they usually cut in the politicians on, on some of the loot. And so the politicians come up with some complicated bill that forces you into employment against your will. And of course, most of the truckers don't want to become employees. Of course they don't. And of course, the the uh, the unions and Governor Newsom will lie about it. That You have to lie about it. You have to have the alternate story to confuse the media, to confuse the public, which isn't really paying attention. Most of the public doesn't even understand this. But so this, their this only is, hope was for Newsom to do something. It looks like he's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. He's in on the deal. Because the he Supreme signed. Court, the U.S. Supreme Court turned aside the last uh, shot at doing something about AB5, and that means... You're done with appeals, at least for the legal system. You have to have a move by the legislature or the governor. He signed this. He wanted this. This is how he gets his union bucks. Oh, yeah, clearly they run the party. Lorena Gonzalez, Gavin Newsom, the legislators, they're for sale. They're for sale to the highest bidder. The highest bidder in this case were the Teamster unions. And so they got the prize. They're forcing these guys into employment that none of these truckers want. And the truckers... What have they got to lose here? They're being forced into a life that they don't want. They want the freedom of their own work schedules, their own hours of, of moving around in between companies as freelancers. That's what they want. And it was taken away because of our corrupt California government. All right. When we come back, well, we know a little more about one of the big stories this week. All the jewels that were stolen from a Brinks truck. It happened at an I-5 truck stop. Weird story. Who did it? Where'd they go? We'll talk about it coming up. John and Ken show. All right. Well, we began this hour talking to a business group that doesn't want the indoor mask mandate to come back in L.A. County. Next hour, it'll be a parents group, parents of students in L.A. County schools who do not want the mask mandate to return. And they're even threatening to go to court. And as we said earlier, it doesn't seem like there's any politician that wants to stand up and say the same thing. The evidence is all there. The no. hospitalization numbers are not anywhere in any close territory to where they were. There is no need to do this. We are telling you there is no emergency. There are very few people in the hospital because of COVID. They simply don't exist. This is a hoax. This is a fraud. There's no reason for this. We've had a number of doctors speak out publicly I know Dr. Klausner personally. I've known him for a long time. 
We were in the same school together. If he comes on and tells you there's no emergency here, there's very few people in the hospital specifically because of COVID, you can believe him. The other two prominent doctors at USC Medical Center said the same thing. They, they counted the number of people who were in the hospital strictly because of COVID. Very, very few. And nobody's in the ICU. And the number of people of dying of COVID is less than the numbers Barbara Ferrer is using because some of those people died and coincidentally they had COVID too, but they died of something else. The numbers are being manipulated. These are false numbers. Ferrer is committing a fraud here in order to take away people's freedoms. And this is what we predicted two and a half years ago. And that's what's going on. And she gets her power from Gavin Newsom's emergency order. And we told you he would never relinquish it. And we told you that she would never stop trying to force people to cover their faces whenever she says so. And she's not doing it. She was at the All-Star game this week in, in, in crowds, not wearing a mask. All it's right, like so the global warm. It's like the climate change people who keep flying private jets. This whole class of people... This whole class are phonies. All right, all coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Now we'll move over to robberies. You know, besides what happened at those 7-Eleven in the early morning hours of July 11th, where a number of 7-Elevens were robbed, a couple of people were shot and killed, several others wounded, something else also happened in the early hours of July 11th. That was quite a morning. This was the Brinks heist. Uh, apparently it was a Brinks truck and they were moving a whole lot of jewelry from one jewelry show to another. From Northern California, they were headed down to Pasadena. But they stopped at something called the Flying J Truck Stop along the I-5 in the Grapevine to have a break. A couple of guards. And apparently while they left the truck locked, they were not around the truck for 27 minutes. And that's when the gang of thieves made their move. They apparently bypassed the truck's locking mechanism and used the storage containers to haul away a bunch of gems, gold, and other valuables from this tractor trailer. This was about 2 a.m. And I don't know if there's any surveillance video of this because this was a truck stop and I'm not sure where the truck was parked. There's also a dispute as to how much the worth of the goods that were stolen is. Brinks says it was less than $10 million based on the insurance. But some associated with the international gem and jewelry show world said, no, that was probably closer to $100 million worth of jewels. They do believe that $10 million will just be the beginning baseline. They think that the value of what was stolen will probably be escalating. Well, Arnold Duke is the president of the International Gem and Jewelry Show. And they were going from San Mateo to Pasadena. We're looking at more than $100 million, one of the largest jewelry heists ever. We're talking gold, diamonds, rubies, emeralds, loads of luxury watches. There were 15 exhibitors each with 5 to $10 million in merchandise. There are small businesses with their entire worth vested in that truck. It has destroyed them financially and affected their health in some cases. The discrepancy is has to do with insurance, whether they were insured for that amount, whether these businesses wanted to or could afford to insure them at full value. But doesn't this seem impossible? Does it seem normal? I don't know the Brinks business, but does it seem normal that you leave a truck with $100 million worth of jewels in a parking Unattended, lot? Unattended, right. At, at, at 2 in the morning, off the grapevine? 
this could be. I, they were coming from San Mateo down to Pasadena. They believe the truck had 700 to 100 pound plastic containers filled with all these jewelry, gems, Rolex watches. They think that whoever did this followed them from the other trade show and then saw their chance when they stopped at the truck stop thinking, well, they'll probably be here a while. Maybe it's more than a bathroom break. Wouldn't, yeah, it was 27 minute break. And they're also saying that the locking mechanism, they Uh acknowledged it would not be exceedingly difficult to crack. They wouldn't okay. say what it was. Doesn't but. this all kind of smell? You, so Brinks doesn't have a requirement that you have one guard stay, stay with the truck? With the, with the loot, yeah. You would think so. Right? I don't know whether there was two or three involved in this hauling. Because because San Mateo to Pasadena is not that far. That that That's a one-day trip. Right. This happened so, in Lebec off the I-5 where... There's very little crime. So it seems like you're dealing with Brinks. I, I don't know, but if I was, if I had $10 million worth of jewels with Brinks, I would assume, or I wouldn't use their service, I would assume that it is under constant surveillance. One guy is always left in the truck. And people go to the restroom in shifts or eat in shifts or they eat in the car or whatever it is. They eat in the truck. I mean, I, I cannot imagine that, the, is the company protocol really that all the guys go in? And nobody stays with the truck? And well, maybe does... not. Maybe these guys defied the protocol. So uh, we don't know that and yet. And how, how is it possible? How is it possible that Brinks, which is synonymous with the tightest security, right? It, 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 it's, it's, it, it's a generic name. It is, yes. For security. They have a locking mechanism that was easily bypassed? <laughs> I don't really believe bizarre. any of this. All right. Some... I, there has to be somebody inside Brinks that's a part of this. There <laughs> has to be this. somebody. And how would these these bad guys, these thieves, know that this Brinks truck had $100 million in gems and knew where this was going? How would they have this information? How would they know the locking mechanism is easily bypassed? How would this truck be made available for a half an hour? Come on. There's somebody at Brinks that has to be involved here. They apparently do have some witnesses. They have reviewed security videos from the truck stop, so they did turn over security. They're not really saying what they found so far, but here we are uh, days later. And uh, actually, it's 10 days later. No one's been arrested yet. So I don't know. I mean, you might be right. I don't know whether or not this is an inside job or what. Well, I, uh, I mean, how, how could all those things happen? There's three unusual events here. You don't have three coincidences. You have these these thieves mysteriously knew the route and and and, and what was contained inside the truck, and you had a twenty seven minute break with nobody protecting the trunk, and you had the lock that was easily bypassed. There should be no such thing as a Brinks lock that is easily bypassed. That should be impossible. It should be some kind of complicated technology that it it was it would be unthinkable unless you blew up the truck. Now, in a story similar to this, but on a much smaller scale, and I actually saw this on Fox 11 News the other night, a guy went to a Wells Fargo bank in Sherman Oaks and withdrew $10,000. And he came outside with it in a little bag, and he immediately was accosted by a man with a gun. If you see the video, the victim jumps over some sort of a wall to try to get away, but the guy catches him, points a gun at him, so he throws the bag, which lands on top of a car and basically says, don't shoot. 
and the robber takes the bag and runs off. And everybody's looking at this story and wondering, because he apparently, the robber ignored other people coming out of the bank. But this particular guy, he went right after. Did he get tipped off? How, how Someone's coming out of the bank right now with a big lot of cash. That's the suspicion here, although uh, investigators are saying they have no proof of that. Well, they have no it's, proof of that, but then how else did it happen? How, how would the guy know, out of all the customers going in and out, how would he know how to pick? How would he know how to pick the guy with $10,000 in right. cash? Exactly. And when they went right up to him. He's just come out of the bank. I mean, he was out of the, in the side no, of the bank. it's like the guy was before. waiting for him, right? Right, exactly. So somebody got a signal. Here's the guy. You jump him. Next guy who comes out, you jump him. How could it not be that? Wells Fargo issued a statement. We're aware of the incident. <laughs> our top concern is the safety and well-being of our customers. <laughs> our top concern is the safety and well-being of our yeah, customers. Yeah, one of the detectives said there's no evidence of an inside job. The tip-off could have been that the, the victim was carrying this bag that was probably full of cash. But I guess, I don't know. That that's why he picked them, because he had the little bag with him. And they figured, well, that must be a larger haul of cash, because he had to put it in a bag. But it was like a little zip bag. I saw it. So, I don't know. It's very suspicious. All right. Again, coming up after 4 o'clock, the parents are responding to the possible return of the indoor mask mandate in L.A. County with a possible lawsuit. We'll have a guest to talk about that. John and Ken show, KFI. Uh, sometime later, I want to get into something. The, the Los Angeles Times just uh, published a map of how L.A. County primary voters uh, voted in the sheriff's election, Villanueva and Robert Luna. And it's it's a complete surprise to me. It's a completely opposite of what I would have expected. Oh. The west side of L.A. went heavily against Villanueva. The Hispanic and black neighborhoods went heavily for, uh, heavily for Villanueva. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me. In fact, I saw stories that they like him. And yeah. I think one of the El Segundo Times columnists said, oh, it's that machismo thing. They oh think he, he's like the old sheriff. Now, on the west side... He's in some Latino stereotype for a newspaper that's not supposed to be like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. But. I know. Because they, the Hispanics are not obeying them. Right. They, and they, then, they, and want, then, they want the Hispanic voters to be just as and woke. And your west side goofballs don't like him because he's anti-woke. Except the west side went for Caruso. To me, Caruso and Villanueva is a yeah, consistent... but Caruso is a more controlled sort of uh, articulate businessman who they see, you know, as clean and... They think that Sheriff V is kind of like this, uh, yeah, the guy with the big 10-gallon uh, hat that walks in with the guns hanging off his... But he cleaned up they the... They seem too crude. He cleaned up the Venice encampment. He cleaned up the, they don't uh, the Brentwood that. encampment. They don't follow that news. They I mean, care. look at the votes in, in, in Santa Monica. I mean, Villanueva came in third place in some of the Santa Monica districts. <laughs> the hell? Is everybody insane? Nope. <sighs> I just don't uh, understand. It's too bad those people tend to vote in higher percentages than other neighborhoods. Oh, my God. That is an atrocity. Hey, you're right. Villanueva won a majority of areas where Latino residents comprise 50% or more of the population. Boyle Heights, Downey, Southgate, his color parts of is, West Covina, East L.A. His color is turquoise and blue, and there's vast turquoise and blue uh, in, in uh, South L.A., East L.A., and then uh, Luna is brown, and there's a lot of brown in Santa Monica. And a lot yeah. of brown. I didn't. I 
He's the Long Beach police chief, so there should be some of that. Yeah, he's got strength in Long Beach. And I'm not saying he did a bad job in Long Beach, but I mean, Villanueva has really taken aggressive action and done a lot of good on the West Side by removing the encampments. I, I, I just don't I don't understand this. It looks like they'll via the way they get the votes in the West San Fernando Valley. Yeah. yeah which, you know, you would expect to have yeah. people there no, more the, sane. The way, yeah, West San Fernando Valley is like normal people. You get into the Santa Monica area, and that, that's they're just, they're out of their minds. Well. Although <laughs> you actually put the map over, like, here's a precinct. 71 votes for Villanueva, 37 for Luna. It's not, 207 votes. It's a tiny precinct. Oh, yeah. Some of or the, there was no turnout, as expected. Yeah, say it's either lightly populated or it's a terrible turnout. But, uh, no. I mean, these, these are small precincts. They're, they're uh, in some cases, half a zip code. Hmm. All right. Well, from the world of crime, we got a good one from Fox 11. Uh, oh, we love reporter Ed Laskos. Wait till you and we're back to the to the Beverly Grove neighborhood. Beverly Grove neighborhood. They just had that van drive right through uh, the uh, the window of the store. Remember that the other day, mm-hmm. Chanel store. Yeah. And of course, in Beverly Grove is where that poor man was killed in his own yard by a homeless man. Uh, this is not an area used to this kind of stuff. So no, it's a nice neighborhood. Here's the latest freaky story on uh, you can call it crime from Ed Lasco's and Fox Eleven. Okay, but the police will show you. Stunning cell phone video showing the owner of this dark colored car confronting two strangers, chasing them away, even kicking at them after they supposedly broke into the man's car. And wait until you hear why. We thought they were stealing the car, but they were just sitting in there smoking crack. So when when our neighbor showed up, he chased them off. All while Eddie's recording this video, not believing what he's seeing playing out on the street below his apartment here in the Beverly Grove area of L.A. Around 11 o'clock, I realized there's like commotion going on on the street. So I go look outside. I see that my neighbor is fighting with some transients. And And they're in his car. They were inside his car. They broke into his car. The two suspects described as being in their 40s, possibly homeless, out looking for a a safe place to get high and finding a car of all places. The neighbor, your neighbor should have had the car locked. It was locked. They, with the Slim Jim, they 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 opened uh, his car and were sitting in there for God knows how long. Just smoking crack. Yep. The car's owner able to chase the two crack smokers away, but not before they leave the smell of evidence behind in the car. Could you smell the crack? Disgusting. It had still had the smell. In yeah, the car. disgusting. It was it was lingering inside. It was, you know what I mean. You, yeah, yeah. And it had a really just an awful smell. All of this going down <laughs> in broad daylight, less than a block away from the L.A. Beverly Hills city line. I've been a resident of Beverly Hills for 35 years, and I've never seen it this bad. Now, uh, this is right near the city line, actually just over on the L.A. side. So LAPD rolls out a black and white. The officers investigate, and then they say there is no crime here. No crime. Why? Because there's no sign of breaking and entering, no sign of any broken glass, any damage that they could see, other than, as Eddie says, no that, that disgusting smell of crack cocaine left behind by those two <laughs> oh, smokers. No sign of any crime. Oh, F that. Good Lord. Wow. <laughs> about people breaking into your house but breaking into your car just to smoke crack I, it's, it's... <laughs> who wants to live like this when do we hit bottom and people turn out these, I'm, these I'm just, officials that allow this to happen i'm just 
every day I see two or three things that I never heard of before, never thought of before. It's like that guy I told you walking into uh, somebody's home uh, and, and just bleeding all over the place and then walking out. All right, when we come back, we'll be talking to uh, Julie Hamill again on the show. She's an attorney representing the, the Alliance of L.A. County Parents. They have told the L.A. County Board of Supervisors that if the mask mandate returns for L.A. school children, they're going to sue to try to stop it. This is, they believe the Board of Supervisors can stop Ferrer. <laughs> this is what the county government is doing. While there's all kinds of bizarre crime happening in the city and the county, they're focusing on, on slapping masks on little kids. John and Ken show. Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866 866- 691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Jenna Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon. Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.